Ellen Saunders, and a very pleasant good afternoon to you, wherever you may be. This is your host, Bruce Ash, along with Inside Track co-host... Ed Wilkinson. Coming to you live from the modern KVOI broadcast complex here in Tucson, Arizona. And on the board today is the boss of all bosses here at Bustos Media, Ray. All right. Hello, Ray. Howdy, gentlemen. How are you? We don't get you very much anymore. No, we don't. We've nice got the king of funk. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> Back in the day. Thanks for tuning in to a special edition of Inside Track. Oh, that's Eb's line. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Welcome to day 578 of the 15-day Flatten the Curve. And let's all remember, let's go, Brandon. Thanks for tuning in to a special edition of Inside Track. We hope you're going to stay with us for another great show. Our special guest today, after the first break, is Terry Schelling from the American Principles Project, here to discuss, among other things, the attempt by YouTube to cancel him and the APP. At the bottom of the hour break, candidate for Secretary of State in the 2022 Republican primary, Kim Owens, joins us to introduce herself to Southern Arizona listeners and discuss why she's running for the second highest elected office in Arizona. Wrapping up the show today, local business leaders, Carlos Ruiz joins us to talk about the effort being waged by him and the No on 206 committee to stop the lunatic left's attempt to control the further or further throw Tucson and all of the Southern Arizona businesses and workers under their radical bus. Even if you don't have a horse in the race in the city council elections, use your vote as a city resident to stop Prop 206 and vote those no-good crazy vigilante efforts by the left to kick the small business owners to the curb and actually not hurt, not help, or actually hurt and not help Tucson's salaried workers. Carlos is going to tell us how we can stop the creation of a special labor kangaroo court that creates more lefties governments within an already bloated city bureaucracy and gives special interest groups and lefty lawyers. Hey, it's uh, Bruce here, not stepping on <laughs> on, on Heb. I want to uh, do a quick report. Yeah, I want to do a quickie report on the opportunity I had yesterday <laughs> to talk to women up in Phoenix who are participating in this year's Doty London Leadership Program. This year's crop of students in the program looks to be a class who could lead a whole new wave in Arizona political success. The Doty London program has produced many leaders, including Congressman uh, Debbie Lesko, our guest last week, uh, State Representative Shauna Bollock, and many, many others. I've been speaking to the London ladies for years, and I recommend it to any Republican woman who is interested in public service. And a point of personal privilege, this weekend, my Catalina High School class of 1970 classmates are celebrating a China virus-delayed 50th year reunion. Thanks, President Xi. Lots of proud America First alumni who are fighting back just like all of you insiders to bring sanity back to America. It was great catching up last night, and I look forward to seeing everyone again this evening at our dinner. It's up at the uh, El Conquistador Resort and uh, catching up for some fun and uh, good times. Hey, we're going to take an early break. We hope our first guest is with us when we return. Uh, this portion of Inside Track 
has been brought to you by my co-host, Eb Wilkinson, and his partner, Gary Imus from Imus Wilkinson Investment Management, whose Baby Steps approach to your wealth management is designed so you never have to solely depend, again, on socialist security. Call Eb at 777-1911 and help him help you. Mr. Producer, let's go to our first break. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with Terry Schilling from the American Principles Product. Jamie Kipper and her father, Gary Kipper, from Tucson Iron and Metal. What are they going to see when they come through the gates? So when they come on in, they'll see our building up front. People have free reign to then go out and look in the yard. So it's not a typical scrapyard with a ton of big machinery. We have a couple of forklifts around, but that's about it just to help move material. So when you come in, it's all organized by material, whether it's square tubing, angle iron, roofing. And then there is a pile in the back, which is still organized and easy to get through. But that's stuff that comes over from the scrap. So we're unique in that we get stuff in from the scrap, which a lot of artists and people will like or reuse, whether it's a sink that someone needs for their house. We sell literally anything made of metal. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard, 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. Wouldn't it be great if political leaders could create that country again? Learn how to do exactly that, one family at a time, with Imus Wilkinson Investment Management. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, imuswilkinson.com, 777-1911, 777-1911. Welcome back to Inside Track. Bruce here, Eb's here. This portion of today's show brought to you by our friends Jamie and Gary Kipper from Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. They have some of the best surplus steel materials ever in stock to help you with your next project. Call Jamie and her Steel Pro. That's Craig Beach at 209-1576. I'm getting ready to buy a whole bunch of rebar from them for a new home project myself. Go by the yard at 701 East 36th Street and look for yourself. And a big shout out to Eric Rudin and his professional team at Essential Pest. Now is the time to have your home or business protected from bugs and critters. Call the Essential Pros at 886-3029 so they can safely help you. These are two great locally owned family-run businesses you can depend upon. Eb and I do. So should you. Okay, on to our special guest this afternoon, Terry Schilling from a great conservative organization, the American Principles Project. Welcome back to the show, Terry. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. You had an interesting week. YouTube knocked the American Principles off the air. Let's talk about 
tech censorship and cons- uh, of conservatives and center-right content. Why did APP get knocked off YouTube? Well, it, we, they didn't tell us at first, and that was the most frustrating part, Bruce. And I think you know these Silicon Valley oligarchs, as I like to refer to them, they, they think that they have all the power. They're not afraid of our elected officials. And we finally, after a few days of pressing and trying to get our account restored, found out that it was because we had uploaded clips of myself appearing on Steve Bannon's war room. Uh, I, I know how crazy that is, and I know, you know, Steve Bannon, I don't know if you guys have talked to him at all, but he's a very normal guy. I Actually, you know, he's not normal. Uh, he's very abnormal. <laughs> he's abnormal. Uh, yeah, but he is, he's incredible. He's one of the brightest men. He's not crazy. Uh, he's totally a pro-America guy, but they shut us down because we had clips of ourselves on his show, and apparently he's banned. And that's why they shut us down. It's, it's, it's absolutely terrible. And the main reason is, is because Steve Bannon's show is broadcast on the Internet. It's broadcast on the radio. It, it's on TV. Uh, you know, this is the if it's OK with the FCC, why is it OK with Google? I don't understand that. Terry, if, if you can, I think you're on a speakerphone and sometimes it's a little better for our listeners to hear you uh, when you're uh, having your uh, hands uh, hands held uh, uh, part of the telephone, okay? Yep, no problem. Okay. Uh, Eb, fire away. Terry, in a, yeah. in, a, in, a re, in a reply on the American Principles website, you wrote, by all accounts, YouTube did not remove our videos because of anything specific in those videos. They stated, rather, that our posting of a clip from the war room itself constituted a violation of their community guidelines. This is absurd. Enforcing a blanket censorship of an extremely popular conservative show, regardless of content of any particular clip from that show, is an affront to the values which underpin the First Amendment. These actions basically, Terry, are un-American. So how do we Americans fight the censorship by Google and YouTube and these tech sites run and funded by the left? I think there's a couple ways we have to go, and and we support, at America Principles Project, we've been supporting an all-of-the-above approach. And the reason is, is because you can't solve this with just one solution. Uh, One of the best solutions legislatively that I like is reforming Section 230. So for those of your listeners that aren't familiar, Section 230 was part of the Communications Decency Act that passed Congress in 1997. It was a bill, actually, that was uh, restricting and regulating pornography online. Supreme Court struck down every aspect of that except for Section 230. And what 230 does is it gives a waiver of liability to these platforms to basically act as publishers, to do whatever they want, to censor people. They aren't held liable. So if they commit an injustice, if they violate your civil rights, if if something happens to you and causes damages to you, you can't go after them. For, for posting it because of the Section 230. So we need to reform 230, possibly consider repealing it entirely so that we can hold these big platforms accountable. Now, this might be offensive to, to some of your listeners, but I think another thing that we need to consider is antitrust. If you Say that again? Look at the, is antitrust. Antitrust, We need okay. to look at breaking these companies up. They've gotten mm-hmm. way, way, way too big. Google, for example. Google's net worth is 24 trillion dollars that's over half of what the united states federal government spends every year well according to biden that's worth nothing 
<laughs> yeah, no, that's right. You know, they, 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 they have that fuzzy map that they, uh, that they love so much they put into Common Core and, and got into all of our classrooms because they want us to, to not be able to, to do addition and subtraction. Um, but, yeah, so we need to look at breaking these companies up. They're way too big. They have way too much power. This is something that America has done time and time again, uh, but only when it's, when it's necessary. So those are the two solutions I think that would do a lot, even threatening antitrust with Google and these big Silicon Valley giants would do a lot to to curb their their bad behavior. Let's move on to something else. Um, the DOJ's indicated that the federal government can and should use the Patriot Act as a tool to control parents uh, critical of school boards and other political leaders. And you wrote, make no mistake, while the DOJ's announcement yesterday may purport to merely focus on criminal conduct, its real intent is to further intimidate concerned parents into submission, despite the fact that many parents have already been targeted with harassment by corrupt school officials for simply asserting their right to have a say over what their children are taught. This is an outrage. You take a look at that uh, guy running out in Virginia who said the kids have, or the parents have no basis to control what their kids are taught. Talk about that. So there, this is a battle that has been waging for a while, but they haven't been saying these quiet parts out loud. And the person that you're talking about is Terry McAuliffe, and he's running for governor, and he was in a debate, and his Republican opponent, Glenn Youngkin, was attacking Terry McAuliffe for everything that he had done to take away power away from parents. Uh, you know, it's not just parents not being able to choose which kids, which schools to send their kids to. It's the content. Schools aren't teaching basic arithmetic. They aren't teaching writing or reading, you know, the basics. Instead, they're teaching all of this crazy gender insanity and Black Lives Matter garbage, critical race theory. And Terry McAuliffe's response to that was he doesn't want parents telling schools what to teach. These people think that our children belong to them. They think that our children belong to the government, that they belong to, if I'm being charitable, they think that the children belong to society at large. They don't believe that children belong to their parents. They, the left actually believes that parents are a danger and a threat to children. They don't believe, if you listen to how they talk, they talk about how they need to make sure that every child has a safe home. Well, you know, the rule for society is that most children have a safe home. In fact, I'd say 99% of children have safe homes that they live in. They have parents that love them way more than these teachers do. And so this is just the next step. This is the weaponization. This is the wokeification, as as you you know, use a modern term, of every aspect of the federal government. And it's it started out at the IRS under Barack Obama when he was targeting conservative groups. And now it's come to the DOJ where they're targeting parents for opposing the concept of uh, – you know, men having babies and and being racist just because of the color of your skin being taught in schools. We're seeing that in Loudoun County, where where a father there, Scott Smith, was smeared by the national school boards last month, and now he's being targeted because he's saying these schools are not reporting rapes that are happening there in the schools from you know people claiming to be transgendered. So when he's when they're being targeted by the government, why in the world should parents? concerned with the education of the children's education and health be treated as domestic terrorists it's well it's it, the reason that they are being treated as domestic terrorists is because in a weird and sick way these parents are a threat to this current regime 
right? If you're a woke bureaucrat, if you're a woke government official, a woke department head, a woke president like Joe Biden, if you're woke, these parents are the biggest threat to you being able to complete your regime because they're the ones standing up. They're the ones with skin in the game. They're the ones speaking out and opposing this. And so you have to consider them to be domestic terrorists because at their heart of hearts, these parents don't like what this regime is teaching their children. So they are an imminent threat. And I'm just, I, I, it's scary because if we lose, the stakes are so high, uh, we can't lose. But I, I kind of appreciate the honesty and the clear battle lines now, right? We know who our allies are. We know who our enemies are. And it's going to get clearer and clearer every day as it has since, since President Trump came on the scene in 2015. Uh, it's Bruce again, Terry. You know, in another time, uh, anyway, let me get, before I get to my question, uh, you know, about changing terms and so on, uh, my wife and I are, are uh, renovating our home right now. We're ordering new uh, window coverings. And um, there was this term for the uh, uh, curtains in our bedroom. Now, normally, um, a, the room where mom and dad sleep is called a master bedroom. Not anymore. It's now called a primary bedroom. Oh my God! They've taken Are you they've serious? taken gender out of 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 drape measurements. Oh, anyway, uh, I just think I I just think it's incredible. It's it's like reached every kind of nook and cranny of of, of uh, modern life. So much for blackout shades. <laughs> In another time, not sixty years ago, but like you know, pre January twentieth, twenty twenty one, it would have been considered dangerous and wrong to preach gender bending to to children as young as kindergartens. And you have to admit, it would be shameful for teachers to pull down an American flag from the classroom and substitute it with the communist Chinese or Palestinian flags, but it's happening. What the flip is going on? And, and what do parents and students need to do in order to bring order again to schools? And what's the American Principles Project doing to help with this? Well, a couple things, Bruce. So first of all, what we're seeing here, why this is all happening now with the language changes and the new standards and the new uh, tolerance uh, uh, of tolerating you know, t- transgenderism with children, uh, what we're seeing is the woke progressives have taken over every cultural institution in America. Every elite cultural institution is now dominated by them. And they are emboldened, right? So they have the mainstream media, they have Hollywood, they have academia, they have the university system, they have it all, except for campaigns and elections. That's the one aspect of our culture that they don't control, is our campaigns and elections. That's where the American people, everyday parents, can go and actually unelect really bad guys that are enacting bad laws and elect good guys who will undo it all. And that's our primary focus is campaigns and elections. Unelecting guys that are killing us with passing bad laws and bad school policies and and electing good people who are going to do what the people want. And so, you know, at all the, the thing is we can't just do this at the federal level. We have to do this at the local level. Right. We have to find out when our school board meetings are. We have to find out when the school board elections are. We have to find out when our district attorney's races are. You know, this is something that's kind of flown under the radar, and it's not really up APP's, uh, you know, issue focus. But these district attorneys are killing us. And they're such an important position because they decide which laws get enforced and which don't. 
So they can legalize drugs technically if they decide to stop prosecuting right. drug crimes. Right. Right. And that's what they've been doing in a lot of these cities. So uh, put it simply, the, 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 what we're seeing is every cultural institution has been taken over and they're weaponizing them and they're using them against us now. And our only real recourse, we can't take over academia next year, but we can take back Congress. We can take back the Senate. We can take back our school boards. We can't change academia. We can't change Hollywood. We can't take over CNN or MSNBC tomorrow next year. But we can do it in politics. Yeah, great in point. Campaigns and elections. So we're talking to Terry Schilling, president of American Principles Project. Terry, I I'm going to ask you a personal question. I understand you pulled your children from from the government schools where you live. Talk about that and why it was important for your family in this case, to reject public education. Absolutely, Bruce. So th- this is an issue that re- has been bothering me for a few years. You know, these schools are really crummy. They're not even – Yeah, I live in supposedly one of the best school districts in the country. It's Fairfax County. It's one of the best school systems in the country, according to all the standards and ratings. It's garbage. They take my tax dollars. They miseducate my children. They indoctrinate them. They teach them really terrible things, and they don't even teach them the basics. So we decided to do this after seeing what happened with the social distancing and distance learning stuff. I sat in on a few classes for my, for my nine-year-old daughter, and I was appalled, not at offensive curriculum. I was appalled at how little academic content was actually in her classes. These are not, they're not teaching our kids how to do math. They're not teaching our kids about geography. They're not teaching them anything. The only thing that they're teaching them is how to change their gender, that they're racist because they're white, and that they're bad and that their country's really bad. That's it. And so that was, I, look, I can handle the bad content stuff. I, I go on offense with that. I talk to my kids every day about all the crazy stuff, you know, obviously age appropriately. Um, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to have my kids come out of school as total idiots, right? I'm not, I'm, I want them to know how to write. I want them to be familiar with Shakespeare and, and Homer and, and Plato and all of the classics, right? I want them to know this stuff. And if you're not even going to teach them that, stop wasting our time. We'll find something else. And you know what? It's a sacrifice. I have to pay $1,000 a month to send my kids to a decent school. You know, it, that's pathetic because I'm already paying my property taxes. Parents need options. Well, now, aren't, aren't there uh, bills out there in Virginia to allow you to take those uh, taxes, take those costs that you would normally take in public school and take them private? Not, not directly, right? So we have what's called an education savings account, the 529. Oh, well, that's different. It's a little bit different, yeah. Right. You don't pay pro- – or you don't – it's exempt from state taxes. So whatever you put into your ESAs – uh, you don't have to pay state taxes on. So that's actually very, very beneficial. And you can invest that money and it can grow and it'll grow tax free. Um, so that's a really good option. But yeah, we don't have school choice in Virginia. Right. You either have the public schools or you can pay a ton of money for the private schools. Listen, Terry, before we let you go, also from Loudoun County, Virginia, how can Terry McAuliffe, the Democrat that you talked about running for governor, claim CRT is not in the school curriculum? and refused to define it because he says it doesn't exist. And why could this lose him the governor's election? Well, first of all, he's lying. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the story that broke today, but when, he, when Terry McAuliffe was governor mm-hmm. in 2015, school boards, the, the Virginia Association of School Boards, actually sent out 
a, a memorandum encouraging teachers to focus on critical race theory in their classrooms. Wow. This is while Terry McAuliffe is governor. So he's caught in a lie. He's, he's not trustworthy. We've always known he's not trustworthy, but this is, this is the guy that they're all drunk with power. They think that they have everything locked up, and so he's not worried. He thinks he can just lie. And I'm telling you right now, parents are so upset. The question is whether or not I can reach through my organization, APP, whether I can reach enough voters to make sure that they know what Terry McAuliffe said. That Terry McAuliffe said that he doesn't want teach our parents. I'm sorry. Terry McAuliffe said that he doesn't want parents telling schools what to teach their children. I want to make sure that every parent in this state knows that. This is an off-year election, 2019. Not a lot of people are thinking about campaigns. You can, you can win this in a low turnout race, and, that, and that's what we're hoping for. Terry, how do more people learn about American Principles Project? I would recommend you actually follow me on Twitter or Instagram, or I'm also on Getter. And my username is it's very easy. It's just Schilling1776, S-C-H-I-L-L-I-N-G-1776. Or you can go to AmericanPrinciplesProject.org. Terry, thank you so much for joining us again today. We'll catch up with you real soon. Mr. Producer, we're up on the bottom of the hour break. When we return, Kim Owens, Republican candidate for Arizona Secretary of State, joins us. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. A lot of the, the cities and the counties around have initiatives for artists. I think we're one of the premier artist suppliers for steel. First Saturday of every month, you can come down early and actually go through the scrapyard across the street. It's seven acres of metal. You can walk through with our people and pick out what you want. It's always interesting to see what the artists have done. We've done uh, actually a couple projects with the U of A engineering department and music department where the engineering music students came down together. They had to pick something out of the scrap and uh, they had to build an instrument. And we have one of those in front of the plant. Some really cool things come out of the scrap. Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. Call 209-1579. Stop by the yard. 701 East 36th Street. Open Monday through Saturday. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up with science. You mean you don't use a shoe? No, we use the latest in technology and innovation to eliminate bugs, termites, weeds, and more. No spray cans and lighters? None of that. Only solutions that target insect biology, using chemistry to help protect the environment, people, and their pets. Huh. Essential Pest Control leaves bugs belly up. Call 886-3029 or visit EssentialPest.com. I'm Eb Wilkinson with Imus Wilkinson Investment Management. I don't ever want you to be dependent on government ever again. I want you to become financially independent. You will never, ever have to depend on socialist security for your survival. We are here to guide you to financial independence. That's imuswilkinson.com, 777-1911. That's 777-1911. Use of that. Welcome back to Inside Track. Bruce here. So is Eb. Before we get to our guest, Kim Owens, now's a perfect time to call Corazon Cabinets to get a jump on your next home improvement project. No supply and chain problem on cabinets being available at Corazon. Joy and Alley have their 6,000 square foot warehouse stacked 
to the rafters with beautiful cabinets ready now for your next home improvement project. Call Monday and speak with the design professionals at Corazon 488-2266. On to our next guest this afternoon, Kim Owens, Republican candidate for Secretary of State. Kim is a longtime Republican activist and has worked to help elect other GOP candidates as well as being a leader in the Doty London Leadership Program, which we spoke about earlier in the show. Welcome to Inside Track, Kim. Well, thanks for having me, Bruce. Um, As much as I appreciate the position of Secretary of State, I'm actually running for Corporation Commission. Oh, my God. Okay. (laughs) That's okay. I'm, I it's messed a busy up. Year. That's okay. I still got great questions for you. Uh, I'm sure you do. <laughs> so, Kim, in your quest for the governorship. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Okay. So, Kim Owens, Republican candidate for Corporation Commission. Um, so, l- let me get back to. Now that you've caught me off guard, let me get back to the uh, um, uh, to the Doty London uh, program uh, because it is such a great program. It's uh, I was pleased to see such a diverse group of very sharp women in the program yesterday. Females have taken major leadership in the Republican Party and the political world here in our state, and I believe. Uh, Doty London leadership has played a big part in forging a new generation of Republican leaders. Do you agree? I absolutely agree, Bruce. And thank you for taking time to talk about this today. So the Doty London Excellence in Public Service Series um, began in 2007. And Arizona has always been a leader in in understanding the role that women had to play in government. You know, we when we were forging our statehood, we had women's suffrage in our constitution before the federal government did. They made us take it out in order to uh, join the union, and we promptly put it back in. So this is not a new idea. However, you know, there's it's been a little slow process. So in 2007, we started the program. We have, at the end of this year, about 200 women statewide who will have competed Uh, completed the program. They're serving in all levels of government, federal, state, county, local school boards within the Republican Party, and truly have stepped up as thought leaders in in the party. Kim, this is Eb here. Um, Hi. Basic question. Why are you running? That's That's the best question you can ask anybody that's running for office. And the the clear answer is to fulfill the constitutional obligation of government. And the Corporation Commission in Arizona, we're only one of seven states that offers a constitutionally protected utilities commission. And it's very clear what the role and the purpose of the commission is. And over the last few years, there have been assaults against that starting with Tom Steyer, who in 2018 invested $23 million in Arizona to try to change our Constitution and instill the Green New Deal as a constitutional mandate. And that's the kind of investment you don't walk away from. And because I have had 10 years' experience as a ratepayer advocate, I'm currently a commissioner on the Arizona Power Authority. I was a school board member for 20 years. excuse me for interrupting. Uh 10 years is a what? So Salt River Project is a large utility in in Maricopa County that is owned by the users, and they elect their own uh, governance. 
So I was elected to three terms on the Salt River Project Council to be the ratepayer advocate in my district. What does that do? So the, the way the project is established is you have acreage-based voting, one vote per acre. And it goes back to the way that the, uh, the project was established in the beginning. And they elect a board of directors from the 10 districts and four at-large members. Well, then you need, you need to check some balance. So the council, there are three members from each different each district, and we hold the board accountable to those things that the ratepayers require. And that's safe, affordable, reliable power. And in this case, also water. So we are the, the check against high rates, against mandates and requirements that would harm the ratepayer. Okay. So go ahead. I interrupted you. I'm sorry about that. No, that's fine. That's fine. And, and there's a, it's a very complicated thing, utility regulation. And most people don't understand that the whole reason we have regulation for utilities is to protect consumers. And it goes back to, you know, we've had government for for centuries, but we've only had electricity for a little over, you know, 100, 150 years. Um, Not even that, that long. So the idea that these are some new concepts or why they came to be is something a lot of people don't understand. In 1935, following the Depression, there was a need for regulation because if if you're a fan of the History Channel and you've seen, you know, the Titans that built America. I kind love of that thing, show. I do, too. Well, there were the, you know, you had Edison and Westinghouse and they were fighting for who was going to take control of this new uh, commodity called power energy. And so they were in many states. Well, after the Depression and when some of these large companies failed, the government realized the consumer needed protection to make sure there would always be safe, affordable, reliable power. So they developed these service territories. And that's why we have the system we have now where TEP or APS is in a service territory, and they are regulated to prevent them from being able to raise the rates to any level they want and to make sure that the government ensures that they have safe, affordable, and reliable power. Now, if only uh, Tucson Water would do the same thing, that'd be great. Hey, Kim. Well, um, you, that's municipal. <laughs> that's up to the city of Tucson yeah. voters. You ran for election in 2020. I did. And the Arizona Supreme Court disqualified you from appearing on the primary ballot. Yes. They stated the court ruled there was no reasonable evidence to conclude that enough of the signatures were valid. Right. What the heck was that all about? Well, you know, your your friend, our former um, recorder, Adrian Fontes, who now resides in uh, Tucson and would like to be our next Secretary of State, closed down the MTAC in Maricopa County. So candidates did not have access to go and search the records. So we had to use what was available. The lower court ruled that I had sufficient signatures and I had used something Bruce is very familiar with GOP data center. We had pulled the um, voting records of every person that they had challenged. Unfortunately, Mr. Fontes didn't give me the list until three hours before my court date. So we provided everything we had. The lower court said this is more than sufficient. Clearly, she had enough signatures. And the Supreme Court 
didn't like the evidence. They didn't take GOP data center as sufficient evidence that they were actually registered voters. Wow. But so, I had no other option. There were other candidates who were challenged who made the ballot using the same evidence I did. It's just an opinion of law. So, so Kim, uh, two things. Uh, we ask all of our guests running for any state or federal office the same question. So we'll ask you also. And I think, I think this is a question that you appreciate a lot. What does the Arizona State Constitution say about the stated purpose of government? Well, it's to protect individual rights. It's, it does. It uses the word that government is inherent in the people, and that. Oh, <laughs> do most people not get that? <laughs> no, not everybody does. Uh, uh, Sorry for interrupting. Well, I just had to clap. No, well, thank you. And it, but it it complements the stated pur- purpose of government and our. U.S. Constitution in order to form a more perfect union. My grandson is a junior in high school, and he asked me the other day, you know, Nana, what's the purpose of government? And I said it provides guardrails against chaos. And he (laughs) said, what does that mean? So it gave me a great opportunity to discuss the preamble and, and why we have laws and why the Republican Party is the party of of the rule of law. So, so let me let me get back uh, to um, the Corporation Commission. Um, sure. You, even though you haven't actually served on the Corporation Commission, because you were an advocate within the Salt River Project uh, system, you really do understand the rate system. You understand the impacts both on the industry, but but I think more importantly to the stated purpose of government, its impact on the consumers, residents in the state, don't you? Absolutely. And, and that, back to your first question about why I'm running, is exactly why I'm running. There are people with good ideas, and it might be a great idea, but it's a great idea within the confines of the context that they care to look at. But if you put that into the context of the Constitution, it doesn't fit. Um, We have folks that would love to go to all renewables and eliminate um, nuclear and other things. Well, to me, that fails the constitutional mandate of fair and reasonable because it's not reasonable to expect people to only use power so many hours a day in a time when our economy is dependent on power. And then we have some folks on the right who like the idea of fair markets or free markets. Excuse me. I love free markets when it's an elastic market. So, and by an elastic market, I mean, you have the ability to use or not use as as you choose. If I want to buy a sweater, I can buy a sweater at Target. I can buy a sweater at Nordstrom. I can decide how much I want to invest in that sweater and how important it is to me. But when it comes to electricity, we need it. It's life-sustaining. And our Constitution actually goes as far as to say that the rules and regulations are for the convenience, safety, preservation of the health of the employees and patrons. So when you're thinking about that, there, the idea of free markets, while it works beautifully in a lot of places, and I'm a proponent of free markets, the whole purpose behind the regulation of power is to control the rate so that the consumer can use it as needed, that the consumer has control over their consumption, and it's not necessarily delegated to the highest bidder, 
which is what's happened in other states. We saw that happen in Texas in this last winter in February when some of the results of a free market left people without power in the middle of a freeze. Kim, before we let you go, we have a quick Uh question from quick Charles Heller. Charles, go ahead with your quick question for candidate Kim Owens. I just wanted to make one comment, reference Kim Owens' response to the stated purpose of government and the brilliance of linking the Arizona and the federal purposes of the Constitution. Hallelujah! <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Kim Kim Owens, Republican candidate for the Arizona... President of the Co- United States. Oh, stop it. For the <laughs> Arizona Corporation Commissioner. If our listeners, after hearing you today, want to find... And I think they will want to find out about how uh, they can help you. How do they find out about your campaign? How do they support you? Thank you, Bruce. Please go to my website, electkimowens.com. That's E-L-E-C-T, Kim, K-I-M, Owens, O-W-E-N-S.com. Sign my petition online, donate $5 to the Clean Elections contribution, and that would be fabulous. Thank you, Bruce. I so appreciate this. Thanks for joining us today, Kim. Uh All right, Kim Owens, Republican candidate for Arizona Corporation Commission. Our next guest is Carlos Ruiz. I think he's holding on the phone. You may know him from uh, the Southern Arizona Business Coalition and from our good friend, Christy Simone's fabulous KVOI show, Wake Up Tucson. Carlos, you are a dynamic small business owner. Uh, you sign the front of the check. You've been known to have a few opinions. What do you think about the lunatic left's effort to ruin the lives of Tucson wage earners as well as small business with their ill-conceived Proposition 206? It, you, you've, you've taken the words out of my mouth, Bruce. Ain't this, that amazing? This, Yes, this... <laughs> Proposition 206 is is a job killing. Um, isol- it, it will isolate Tucson um, from the rest of the dynamic growth of the economy in Arizona. And and here's I would like to use the words of um, uh, our mayor Romero, who currently endorses Proposition 206. But on September 16th, she was on a radio program, and she said, quote, making the city of Tucson businesses pay $15 per hour minimum wage when the other unincorporated areas and other cities or towns around us don't puts the businesses, especially the mom and pop, the local, locally owned small businesses in the city of Tucson at a disadvantage, end quote. So I agree with Tucson uh, Mayor Romero that this is going to cause uh, small businesses to be at a disadvantage to the rest of the, not not just the state, but, but areas around the city of Tucson. So, Carlos, talk about the city, uh, the Tucson City Department of Labor and the Kangaroo yeah. Labor Courts. Okay. So, and, and here's the other thing. The, so the... The, the proposition is a six-page legal document. About a half a page is how, we're gonna, how they propose to get to $15 an hour. Recognize that this, this initiative does not directly immediately get people to $15 an hour minimum wage if passed. It takes 
it takes four years to, to get there. Um, but what, what it does in the other five and a half pages is it talks about creating a Department of Labor Standards, which will have a department head. The cost to stand up this uh, department is a, estimated to be around $500,000 comes out of the general fund oh, the department will hire wage investigators to investigate and 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 perform enforcement actions the enforcement actions can be brought about by and, and these enforcement actions are civil um, civil cases that would be tried in us in a civil court of the city um and the the actions can be brought about by employees or interested parties, which are nonprofit or not-for-profit law firms or other in- interested organizations that happen to be involved in... Um, Leftist special interest it, it, political uh, act, action committees. Exactly. And any, any, action, any action that's, uh, that's found in favor of, uh, of the worker or the interested party, the interested party gets 30 to 30%. The city gets 70%. So this, this set, sets up an incentive for, for people to go out and create actions against employers. Doesn't this go directly against Homeland Security's secret, uh, secretary ordering ICE to stop mass raids on illegal immigrants' workplaces? Because they're typically uh, working there for less than minimum wage with the threat of being deported. And so now you've got one government agency that's going to be in charge of going against another government agency, which our listener Charles calls tailpipe carburetum, carburetorism. Yes. You know, it, and, doesn't and, it go directly um, against that? Yes, and and the city of city attorney um, Rankin just last week gave a a a a memorandum of his legal opinion, and he he goes straight to that. Um, that that the the proposition creates legal uh, legal problems for the city in that 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 this proposition has has areas just like you're talking about that are in conflict with state and federal um, law employment role employment law one of the things has to do with um, it it require it requires a, a an employer to not pay an employee. Um, any method that requires a social security number. Well, in my with my business, I use a I use an employment um, leasing company, and they require that I follow get an I nine and I fill out all you know documentation for any employee that that I hire. All the e verify stuff. E verify, and 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 what this thing does is it takes that away. So you know the the same guys that wrote this wrote Sanctuary City. So maybe this is a backdoor way of them trying to create Tucson as a sanctuary city. Um, all I know is that even the city attorney has said that there is there are conflicts, um, in, in, that, that there are illegalities in this proposition um, on a state and federal employment. Well, uh, city of Tucson just say, "Oh, we're a we're a a, a, a charter city, uh, Arizona. You can't come after us. We can do whatever the hell we want." Well, you uh, you know what? I'm not gonna. I wouldn't be able to hire a, a person 
um, because I require I, I have to follow E-Verify. So that that's going to put it's going to put all kinds of uh, problems on 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 employers. Yeah. Um, and, and and the weird thing here's the other thing that they tout I, I they tout the they being the pro, uh, the proponents tout this as a as a great and magical thing that they call a large business anyone with 26 employees or more and and an employee is anyone that works for you 5 hours a week and if they work wow. 5 hours or more a week so you could see a, a a one single restaurant that's not that large that has a number of of people that are working part time they have different shifts all of a sudden they're going to be considered a large employer and and that large employer has even more regulation on top of them yes and so talk talk more about that when wages go up don't prices for everything people pay go up as well and and exactly how how do how you know when when you when you have when you, when you have when you're generating some sort of uh top line sales number and and you have your cost of goods which which might be your direct labor your employees and and those employees the cost of those employees go up your your profit goes down so so the the wage the 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 proper the uh, employer can do one of two things he can either um reduce the his labor costs and keep his prices the same so that he can stay in business or he can raise prices to accommodate. Now, the problem with raising prices, you could drive that you can drive away customers because they they all of a sudden start saying, mm, "It's getting a little too expensive to go and and eat at this restaurant." Or it's yeah, getting they, a little they too vote with their feet. Hire, yes, too expensive to hire this person to conduct this particular service that that I um, that I'm willing to pay for. And, and, you know, one other thing that, that this is, this is just a, we, when, when um, we've talked about this, this hasn't written, I, I think this is one of the creepiest things about um, this department is that every year they're going, going to do a survey of the industries and they will look at those businesses or those business categories, which wage violations are most likely to occur and that will guide the department's investigations in the coming year so to me they're going to use statistical analysis of this that's called profiling they will be profiling businesses those businesses that that tend to to hire uh lower wage workers um and and those business will be targeted well let's take it further than that we should never forget that if the government is allowed to assume the power to fix minimum wages and maximum hours there is nothing to keep the government from reversing that process and fixing maximum wages and minimum hours or minimum and, profits and and when that happens yep. where's your freedom yep good great great point 
Hey, so, so so in addition to 206, there's also another lunatic uh, thing. Uh, they uh, the, A whole other group uh, wants Proposition 410, <clears throat> which is a uh, increase in the salaries for mayor and council. Um, I would encourage everybody to vote against 410 as well as 420, or uh, for, uh, 206. 206. And, and you know, I'm, I'm agnostic on, on, the, on the 410, to be honest. If I, I would, I could not, I could not just the, the, the way, um, the, my involvement in my business, I could not run for office and, and take the hobby wages that are paid right now. Um, the, the hobby wages that are paid right now are kind of, they're not I couldn't even hire an assistant to do some to farm out some of the tasks that I do. So I'm a little bit agnostic on on whether um, I think I think the way the, the the salaries that are paid right now to the mayor and the council, Carlos, we got to wrap it up, yep. pal. Okay. No on okay. 206. And uh, Carlos, thanks very much for the advocacy yep. work that you're doing for business owners and wage earners. Until next week for Inside Track, this is Bruce Ash and Ed Wilkinson thanking you for listening in today and wishing you all a very pleasant good afternoon. Customers come first at Tucson Iron and Metal Surplus. What other kind of customers do you have? So our Tucson? biggest customers are actually like ranchers and yeah. people from outside of the Tucson area. They're buying a lot of square tubing. They're buying a lot of stuff for their ranch to close off fences. We'll sell anything from 10 feet to 10,000 feet to somebody that comes in because we have new steel and surplus steel from steel mills. The reason we're able to get such good pricing on some of this stuff is A, we sell scrap to the mill. so. Uh, we have a relationship there and then we can buy material what they're making bringing it back and so we save on freight and we have relationships for years with them so i think that's really our niche market we'll sell whatever you need tucson iron and metal surplus call 209-1579 stop by the yard 701 east 36th street open monday through saturday What your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Wouldn't it be great if political leaders could create that country again? Learn how to do exactly that, one family at a time, with Imus Wilkinson Investment Management. Call me, Eb Wilkinson, imuswilkinson.com, 777-1911, 777-1911. KVOI Cortero, AM 1030, the voice of Tucson. Trusted local news and talk. A Bustos media station. This is CBS News on the Hour, your home for original reporting. I'm Stacey Lynn in Washington. A very impassioned speech from President Biden today at the Capitol. He attended the 40th Annual National Peace Officers Memorial Service, honoring law enforcement officers. Thousands and thousands of American families stand and wait so their husbands, their wives, their fathers, their mothers, sons and daughters can serve the rest of us. We not only owe them, we owe you. It's not hyperbole. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. We owe you. 
CBS News has been told that members of the Biden administration held a call this week with the families of African-Americans killed by police in 